So we're going to speak on something today that is actually very powerful, and it has the power to change the direction of your life. We're speaking on forgiveness. We've adapted our preaching today from the Ilsom teaching on forgiveness. So some of us have been taught from young that uh, forgiveness is good and that, and it kind of gives you a heads up or a leg up in the world when you're moving through your life and things come at you and you have to forgive here and you have to forgive there. And I'm thankful for my family. Um, I remember one story uh, when I was little. I think I was about grade four and I had a little friend over and we were playing with our marbles. It was one of those things we were into. And I had this nice big, I think it was greeny, kind of marbly looking marble. And uh, my friend had all these marbles and she really liked my big green marble. And um, I said, yeah, it's great. I love it and everything. And she's like, I would love to trade you for my two sparkly marbles. They were a little smaller for your big green marble. And I thought about it, you know, do I really want to do that? You know, put a lot of thought into it. And I thought, yes, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to trade her the marble. So we traded. Well, actually, I gave her my marble. <laughs> <laughs> and then we played, we got into playing, and then I realized I didn't get my two smaller marbles from her, the sparkly ones. And uh, no sooner had I remembered that than I brought it up, and she said, what do you mean? And I said, oh, well, I gave you my big, nice green marble, and you were going to give me the two sparkly marbles. And she goes, no, this is my marble. <laughs> and... Uh, Needless to say, it was quite painful for a little grade four. Um, so my dad was home. It was a Saturday. And I just went to him and I explained what happened. And I'm like, I want my marbles. She, you know, she promised me these marbles. I gave her my big marble. She's playing with it. And she says it's hers. And he said, Melanie, just let it go. Let it go. And I'm like, Dad, don't you want to stand up for me and make it right? Like, you can come in there and tell her and explain it and say, yeah, that's my daughter's marble. Give it back, please. And he said, no, just leave it. Just let it go. He might have said, I'll buy you another one. But um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the marble. It was the pain of the situation that got to me. But that's where I learned an important lesson on forgiveness, to let it go. And I did. And uh, did you know there's fruit to forgiveness? Mm -hmm. um, that friend of mine, I had taken her to church over the years, so I knew she had heard the gospel, but I had never had the boldness enough to talk to her about her personal relationship with Christ. I had with a few other friends, but just not with that one. Um, and one day when I think I had just had Janelle, I was 23, and uh, I got this letter in the mail, snail mail, and it said, it was from this girl, and she said, Melanie, I just want you to know that I've never forgotten your influence in my life, and I want you to know I've given my life to Christ. And she was actually teaching Sunday school songs to some kids in a jungle somewhere. In the Amazon. <laughs> Come on. So anyway, thank you, Lord, that there is fruit to our forgiveness. Let's see what Jesus has to say on forgiveness. Okay, that's good. 
Then Peter came to Jesus. Okay, so this is in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? He thought he was being pretty good. Like, I could do seven. I could forgive him seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And when you think about that big number, it's, it's not that you count out that exact amount and that's it for forgiveness. What it is is, and I, I think a lot of times we do forgive and we do mean it, but the enemy comes and he throws something at us and we have to choose to forgive again. Um, so I think that's what that means. That's what it kind of speaks to my heart about. So even though we think we've forgiven someone, you know, something will come up and remind us about the situation or something. Well, that's when you choose to forgive again. So 70 times 7. And uh, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all they had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Isn't that nice? But when that servant, who was forgiven, went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. The Bible makes it clear if we don't forgive those that sin against us, God cannot forgive us. Moreover, unforgiveness will always imprison or trap us in our wounding, our bitterness, our anger, and our desire for vengeance. This can have a deep and devastating impact on our life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and even physically. Like the servant who is unwilling to forgive the sin, or sorry, to forgive the debt, we demand that the other person pays up what they owe us. We hold in our clenched hands the sin, the hurt, the unforgiveness, the vengeance, and the unwillingness to let it go, and we don't realize it's actually destroying us. The question and a choice we make is, do we want to stay trapped in our hurt, our hatred, our sickness? Do we want to stay and be tormented, or do we want to be free? Forgiveness is the key to healing and freedom. Without forgiveness, you will always be bound to the feelings, the emotions, the bitterness, as well as to the person or the event or the offense or the sin for which forgiveness is required. Now, this is tricky. I understand when you're mortally wounded, you feel like it's just 
too hard to recover from. Um, you know, um, in my own life, I've had many opportunities to forgive people, and I keep forgiving. Um, but, you know, we had a we had a debt we didn't know that we paid, and we had a friend who could have helped out but didn't. Um, and even just the situation on how we ended up in that place, it was um, big companies not paying, squeezing out the little company. Um, I ended up having to go back to work full-time, and my kids had always had me at home. I worked part-time, but I worked 12 hours, so I was hardly ever away. So it was a big adjustment for our whole family. So it not just only hurt me and Trev, but it hurt our kids. And I have <clears throat> really battled with forgiveness for that, but I do feel like I have forgiven everyone. And I feel like forgiveness also opens up a way to your deliverance and to um, blessing. Yeah. So true. So what is forgiveness? The Oxford Dictionary gives us a definition, and it says to forgive is to remit, to let off, to cease to resent, to pardon. So when we forgive, we actually let the other person go, um, like opening up, op just opening up our hand and releasing them. Uh, it's a choice to release them. It's a choice to not hold on and to let go. And it's a choice to cancel the debt of what the other person owes us. It's truly a choice, like mom said, to stand with Jesus in grace and mercy versus in law and judgment. So when we forgive, we choose to set the person who offended us free, and we let the offense go. We don't hold on to the resentment or the bitterness or the anger. We let go of our plans for retaliation, and we give them the gift of forgiveness. The feeling of they owe me something or they wronged me so they now have to give back to me, we just let that go and say, hey, it doesn't matter. The need for forgiveness. So why must we forgive? Forgiveness cuts the chains that tie us to the other person or the offense through our ungodly response, such as bitterness, resentment, hatred, and desire for justice and vengeance. It also sets us free. Without forgiveness, we are tied to the person or the event or the situation that has wounded us. Forgiveness elevates us into the place of grace. So when we choose to not forgive someone and we choose to hold on to bitterness, the only person that it affects in a negative way is ourselves. The only person that it ties down or that like, gets tormented is us. When we forgive, we remove all and any legal grounds the enemy has to have any rights to access us. So mom read earlier in the story of how in his anger, and this is in Matthew 18, 21, in his anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured. So that's actually in that moment, you give over your legal right to the enemy to torment you because you're holding on to anger and bitterness. And also, forgiveness sets God free to work more freely in the lives of the person who offended you. As long as you are not willing to forgive, you're placing yourself in a higher place than God as the judge. You're stepping out of that place of grace and saying, God, I'm going to be in charge, I'm going to judge, and I will demand justice. You take your hands off him or her because I am going to deal with them. And God says, okay because this is our free will here operating when we choose to become the judge of someone who's hurt us or offended us. But the reality is, 
we are the ones who are carrying the hurt and the hate. It's the hurt in our heart that's affecting us, and we're the ones who is tormented because we choose justice instead of mercy. But if you want justice, you can't have mercy for yourself. You can't have it both ways. So if I'm going to say that I want justice because someone hurt me, then I can't ask for mercy for myself. In James 2.13, it says, Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay. Mom's going to give us a picture of this. I thought I took that cat slide out, but that's okay. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Didn't really fit, though. But Okay. Here's an illustration of grace and mercy. So if I'm operating in the old covenant, I'm down here uh, and I want revenge and I'm in the law. I want justice and I have unforgiveness. But if I step into the new covenant, I'm living from a place of grace, charity, mercy, and forgiveness. So that's the challenge is to live out of a place of grace. God wants us to stand in the place of grace or mercy he requires that we forgive because it is what the cross is all about. He has forgiven us at a great price. When we came to Jesus and asked God to forgive us, he didn't have to stop and think about it. Why? Because he'd already forgiven you. So what right do I have to not forgive someone else when I have been forgiven so much? Even more serious is that if I don't forgive, God cannot. It's not that he won't. He can't. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says, this is Mark eleven twenty five to 26. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you of your own failings and shortcomings. So let them drop. But if you do not forgive, your Father, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. I remember when I was like 11 and I was reading in the Bible and I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to forgive some people. <laughs> but for you, this is in Matthew 6, 14. For if you get forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men for their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. As Christians, we have been forgiven by the work of Jesus on the cross. He paid all of our debt. Forgiveness is not an option, and unforgiveness is disobedience. Disobedience is sin. Forgiveness is not an experience or an emotion or a feeling. We may feel worse. It may and often does seem unfair. That is not, that's not the issue. Forgiveness is not about feeling, it's about obedience, and it's a choice, and it's an act of the will. Something practical that I'll do is, if, it, more recently I've started doing this, but if there's like some people that I need to forgive and I'm not feeling it, like I'm like, they've really wronged me, they've gone and talked behind my back and my family's back and said all these lies, and then people listen to the lies, I'm like, I need to forgive all these people, I know that I do, but... Right now, I don't feel like I should forgive them, and I don't feel like I really want to. So I just write down all the names, or a name or two, and I put it in my car, 
And so then every time that I would go to drive in my car, I would go through the list and say, I forgive you, I release you, you owe me nothing. I release blessing in your life. And then oftentimes, if you begin to prophesy into their life what God sees about them and prophesy the heart of the Father, it gives you the heart of the Father towards them. So then you eventually, soon the feelings go away after you've declared enough and forgiven them enough. The feelings, you're like, I actually have no ill will towards anyone that was on my list before. And it will truly, it will transform your life. It will change your life. That's so good, Janelle. I'm going to read a little story. This is about a mother forgives. In June 1973, Marietta Jagger went camping in Badlands National Park with her husband Bill and their five children. As they slept in their tents one night, their seven-year-old daughter Susie was kidnapped. Marietta suffered all the pain and emotional turmoil you would expect in such a situation. In the days immediately following the abduction, she was surrounded by people who talked about the kidnapper in venomous terms, routinely characterizing him as inhuman. Despite this climate of anger and vengeance, something inside Marietta began to shift as the days of waiting turned into weeks. As reported in the May-June 1998, that's old, that's as old as you, issue of Health Magazine, Marietta heard a voice. When what Marietta heard was God telling her, I don't want you to feel this way. As she pondered the message, the weight on her chest seemed to lift and her stomach relaxed. She fell into the first deep sleep since Susie vanished. This was the beginning of her commitment to releasing anger and finding a path to forgiveness. One year after the abduction, the kidnapper called Marietta's home. Because she had used the intervening months praying for forgiveness, searching within for the strength to find the humanity buried somewhere within the kidnapper, or God's plan for that person, she was able to convey genuine empathy as she spoke with him. Despite the obvious risks to the kidnapper, Marietta kept him on the phone for more than an hour, ultimately providing the FBI with enough information to locate and capture him. His name was David Merhofer. He had abducted and killed other children. In FBI custody, he confessed to murdering Susie Jagger a week after taking her from the family's tent. A few hours later, he committed suicide. Given Merhofer's horrific revelation, it would be understandable for Marietta to abandon the course of forgiveness. Her husband never let go of his anger, and he died of a heart attack at 56 after suffering for years with bleeding ulcers. But Marietta stayed the course. She began traveling around the country to speak with others about forgiveness, sharing her experience. She even befriended the kidnapper's mother, Eleanor Huckert. She and Huckert went together to visit the graves of their children, the health article concludes. Afterward, the two mothers sat at the Huckert's dining room table, sipping coffee and thumbing through old scrapbooks. There was David on the front porch, a rosy-cheeked little boy, scrubbed and eager to set out for his first day of school. As she studied the smiling boy in the snapshot, Marietta felt that her struggle to invest the faceless criminal with humanity was complete. If you remain vindictive, you give the offender another victim, she says. Anger, hatred, and resentment would have taken my life as surely as Susie's life was taken. Do I have to forgive everyone who sins against me? Yes. 
anyone and everyone. Even when it's been very tough, like, like it was for Susie's mother. God requires that we relate to each other without bitterness, grudges, anger, or anything that would be a block between us. His requirement is non-negotiable. It doesn't depend on fairness. That's my marble. On whether you feel like it or not, we must forgive. And like any good father would, God cares deeply and passionately about how we relate to each other and to everyone in his creation. He is a father who cares for us. So what are some areas that we do need forgiveness? There are four main areas where you need forgiveness or people that you need to forgive in, say, a hurtful situation or something like that. Um, I'll just list the four. There's one, forgiveness. That we need forgiveness of our own sins. We need to forgive others. We need to forgive ourselves. And we also need to forgive God. So first of all, the forgiveness of our own sins First, we need to ask God to forgive us of our sins because sin always damages our relationship with God and with man. It's when fellowship is broken. Our sin can damage our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Our sin takes us out from under the protection of God's blessing covering us. When we confess and repent for our sins, God promises two things, forgiveness and cleansing. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's response to us asking, for, asking him for, to forgive our sin is restoration. He restores our lives, our relationships with him, and with others. And he sets us free. Cleanses us from our guilt and our shame and the defilement sin has placed on us. The wonder of it is, is that God is ready to give the gift of forgiveness. He took care of all of that on the cross, and he paid the penalty for our sin. You only need to receive it. Being forgiven and forgiving others is the reason and the message of the cross. So when we say that we can't forgive someone and we hold on to unforgiveness, we're actually saying that the cross wasn't enough, and the cross wasn't enough to pay for their debts or to pay for our sin. So there's this story that we were, Mom and I were talking about, um, and there's this orphan boy, and he gets adopted into a family, and they get rid of all of his clothes, his old clothes, and they buy him all new clothing, and they, like, make him a part of the family. They throw this big party, and they introduce him to all the neighborhood kids, but the dad keeps one pair of his old shoes on the mantle, and any time this once was orphan, now adopted son does something bad, the dad brings the shoes to the son and says, look where we've taken you from. Look what we've given you. This is where you used to be. And unfortunately, we do all the same thing in our relationships. We dredge up the past and throw it back in someone's face when they've hurt us. We haven't let go of the things that they were in the past or the things that they've done to us. And what we do when we forgive is we throw out those old shoes and we actually say, it doesn't, what happened in the past doesn't matter anymore. How you hurt me doesn't matter anymore. I've given you the gift of grace and I've chosen to forgive you and release you. Amen. <clears throat> um, James 5.16 says, 
Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I was talking to my cousin one day on the phone, and I was just sharing a story of how um, how free I felt because I had forgiven this person in my life. And she, I could tell she kind of grabbed onto that, and she was like, yeah, I want that for me too. And um, as we talked and, and we prayed together, um, her ear had been damaged by her kid throwing a water balloon at it. it. It had actually damaged her bones and stuff, and she was seeing a specialist. It was really sad because she was a worship leader, and uh, she couldn't sing. So it was really affecting, you know, her ministry and her life and that. But anyway, as we talked about forgiveness and that, and she was agreeing that she was forgiving someone in her life, um, I said, do you feel anything in your ear? And she goes, yeah, I, I, it feels hot. And, and I just knew the Lord was healing her. And, and so I spoke it out. I said, God's healing you. Sure enough, she went to the specialist, and she was healed. She was healed. So that's just one instance where it's tied to forgiveness. It's not always a problem of forgiveness if you need healing. Just sometimes it is. So forgiving others. I'm going to talk about that. So our forgiveness is conditional on forgiving others, no matter what they did. It's an unconditional condition set by God. There's no option. God's graciousness toward us requires our graciousness toward others. You must either stand in the place of mercy and in turn receive mercy, or you must stand in the place of judgment, but then understand that you in turn will be judged. For Jesus says, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Yikes, I want to be a person of grace and mercy. That was Matthew 7, 2. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your sins. That's Mark eleven twenty five. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not conditional on how I feel. It's keeping short accounts. Have you ever done this? Have you ever blown up at someone and just realizing that all your feelings had built up to that one moment and then you let it out? That's, that's what I call holding a long account. When you keep a short account, if something bothers you or someone has hurt you, take it to the Lord right then. Pray about it. Release it. Um, if you need to, go and talk to them and forgive them. Talk it through. It's when we hold long accounts that it results in a big kaboom. And when you choose to forgive, your feelings will follow. We may need help getting to the place of forgiveness, but there needs to be at least a willingness to be made willing. So just check your own heart. Are you willing to be made willing to forgive? It's a choice to do what God asks of you. I heard a story, well, story is someone's true life um, recently, where their mother would be silent to them for two years. Two years. If she got upset, psh, no communication. It's so damaging to let unforgiveness build up like that. We need to keep short accounts. Best marriage advice ever. Let's practice this, this week. Try to be the first one to say sorry. Now, 
I, I think I got this advice from our pre-marriage counseling. And uh, Trevor's very good at this. If we ever get in a little tiff or whatever, um, we always try to beat each other to be the one to say sorry and to make up. And it is so beneficial. I can't even describe it, but um, it helps you keep short accounts. The quicker a couple is to make up after an argument, the better their marriage in quality and length. So let's practice this this week. Another spiritual dimension. So we're talking about forgiving others here. Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said to Peter, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose like people on earth shall be loosed in heaven. When you forgive and it frees the person, you are forgiving. It releases God's hand to bring heaven to earth. Um, yeah, I wanted to throw some positive stories in here too. I don't know if any of you have been tormented by a sibling, but uh, me and my sibling tormented each other growing up. <laughs> and we've had to forgive each other over the years. I remember one time he threw me into a snowbank in the winter with no jacket and shoes, and he locked the door. And so I was cold for a bit. He, he let me in. But, um, and <laughs> so I had to forgive him for that. And he had to forgive me for tattling on him because I was really good at that. And then he'd get in trouble. So. But uh, I can say today we have a great relationship. We both uh, forgave each other, and it's great. He's a wonderful brother. So very often, the hardest part of forgiveness is to forgive oneself. Pride would say, my sin is too big to forgive. Feelings of unworthiness would say, and maybe this is you today, you don't deserve forgiveness. But forgiving oneself is often needed before God can remove the guilt, self-condemnation, and self-hate. Um, another little story. There was a priest in the Philippines who carried the burden of a secret sin he had committed many years before. He had repented, but still had no sense of God's forgiveness. In his church was a woman who claimed to have visions in which she spoke with Christ and he with her. The priest, however, was skeptical. I don't know why he would be, but anyway... To test her, he said, the next time you speak with Christ, I want you to ask him what sin your priest committed while he was in Bible college. The woman agreed. A few days later, the priest asked, well, did Christ visit you in your dreams? Yes, he did, she replied. And did you ask him what sin I committed in Bible college? Yes. Well, what did he say? He said, I don't remember. Oh, snap. <laughs> Go, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the key areas of forgiveness is to forgive ourselves. When we don't forgive ourselves, we are, in effect, disobeying God. And this will give the enemy a right and a foothold to harass and afflict us, as we talked about. When we don't forgive ourselves, we think we're being holy. God, I need to be punished more. What we are really saying is that the cross isn't enough for this sin of mine. Father's forgiving me doesn't mean anything. Paul says, though, in Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? The answer can sometimes be mostly me. But I feel like God's sending some people free this morning from that. 
Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be excited. Yeah. When we don't forgive, we invariably make pronouncements, speak curses, or judges, or sorry, or judge ourselves so critically that we create tracks or inner vows or bitter root judgments that our lives then operate on. We slowly develop ungodly mindsets and strongholds against God, ourselves, and the one who offended us. Or how often have you made the accusation, I can never forgive myself? That vow will lock you into self-condemnation. But we know that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So who am I to condemn myself? Yet our self-condemnation blocks God. We find ourselves sitting next to Satan agreeing with him. He's always accusing us before God. That's what he does. He's the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't need your help, so don't agree with him. The next person that we have to forgive is God. I want to read this off my phone. Proverbs 19, verse 3, if you guys are looking them up. So on the slide here it says, um, when a man or woman's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. And in the Passion Translation it says, there are some people who ruin their own lives and then blame it all on God. I'm going to read that again. It's It's pretty powerful. There are some people who ruin their own lives and blame it on God. Blame it all on God. So the truth is, God's never done anything wrong. But sometimes we've blamed him. And you need to release God from the judgments that you've made against him. God is never responsible for our own sin. Um, and in our minds, we might think, wait a minute, God's perfect. You know, how can, he, how can I be angry with God? He never did anything to me. The, like, religious, like, he's so good. He's so good. He doesn't do anything wrong, like, that we slap ourselves with sometimes. Um, but that's not what our heart says. Our heart cries out and says, I'm hurting, and this is God's fault. If you were a good father, you wouldn't have let this happen. Or where were you when I needed you, and you didn't come through? And why did you put my family through those things? Why did you give me these parents? We blame God. Why have you abandoned me? So if you think about a person or a situation that you feel like you need to forgive someone or you're struggling to forgive them, how do you feel about God in that situation? Do you feel like you have resentment against God? Or do you feel angry at God, feel that he let you down, that he abandoned you? Or do you feel that he rejected you? Or do you feel maybe that God's laughing at you? It is true that God has never committed a sin, but in our hearts we blame him. So you blame God for the bad things that happened in your life, for the hurts of the past, or for the things that you hoped for, longed for, even times when you felt certain his promise would come true. Satan wants you to blame God, and he's always in the shadows, always trying to shift the blame. So in our hurt and our pain and our anger, we hold things against God that Satan has done. We need to let God off our hook, and we need to release him from our judgments and angers that he didn't do. Oh, sorry. 
I stole her clicker. Oops, there we go. Um, so yeah, that is basically why we need to forgive, what forgiveness is, and who we need to forgive. We're going to do some ministry time now. So if we can invite the worship team back up, you guys can play. Why doesn't everyone stand? So we're going to take a few moments to ask Holy Spirit to show you who he wants you to forgive and why. He's going to reveal it to you. And think about the ungodly ways you may have reacted or responded in the offense. And let Holy Spirit show you what's in your heart, if there's some bitterness left there or pride or fear or vengeance. And it's okay. The Lord's going to bring you through this, okay? And even if it's like someone who you've forgiven a million times and you don't feel like you have any sort of um, problem with them, but God brings them up again, the best thing to do in those situations is just to release them again and forgive them again and just speak blessing over their lives. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to read through a couple prayers, forgiving others and forgiving myself. And then we're going to open up the front, and we have some prayer team members who are going to meet people up here who want to just go a little further. Sometimes it's nice to have someone to agree with you. The Lord, um, the Lord says that, you know, share your burdens with one another. So let's pray this one on forgiving others. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in my place that I might be forgiven. By an act of my will, I now choose to forgive those who have hurt me or sinned against me. I forgive, insert the person's name or people's name, for, insert and be specific, I give to each one of these the gift of unconditional forgiveness. They owe me nothing. I entrust them to you, God. I bless each of them in your name. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my ungodly response to the offense and the pain. I have judged these whom I have mentioned with wrong attitudes and words and in bitterness and anger. <clears throat> I ask you now to forgive me for my ungodly and sinful responses. And you can speak out the ungodly ways that you have responded to the people who have caused you pain. Forgive me for these and any other sinful hidden things in my heart that have given the enemy legal rights to torment me. I choose to repent of these ungodly and sinful responses and practices. Thank you, Jesus, that I am forgiven and you are setting me free. I ask you to come and move powerfully in my life to change me. Amen. God's doing a great work in you today. And for forgiving myself, let's just say this prayer. Thank you, Father, for the cross and for forgiving all my sin. I choose now to forgive myself for... And just tell the Lord what you're forgiving yourself for. I will no longer hold these things over my life but free myself from them. In Jesus' name. Let's release God. Please forgive me, Lord, for blaming you and judging you for what others have done to me. 
I need to speak out the words, I release you, Father. Let's just say that. I release you, Father, for those things my heart has held against you. Thank you for loving me and promising to set me free. Amen. God tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. Since you have confessed your sins, I now pronounce you forgiven and cleansed of all unrighteousness according to his word.